Let's pray. Father, we are here today because we need to come to Jesus. And as we've just heard beautifully sung, that may look different for each of us. Some of us may need to come crying. Some may need to come dancing. Some may need to come with the realization that there are those that we love that we must let go of so that they can fly to Jesus. Father, wherever we are this morning, I pray that we would know that You invite us to come, and I pray this morning that we would have the freedom to respond and to come to You in whatever way that may need to be. And we give You thanks for Jesus. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good to see, good to see you here this morning. As Chad reminded us earlier, we... Look forward to getting started with uh, resuming life groups next week. And I realize that maybe not all life groups are, are going to start up live and in person. But if you come at 9.15 next Sunday, we will find a Bible study, a life group for you to be a part of. As, as our life groups are coming back slow, more slowly, but our children, our youth, preschool will be back uh, starting next week. These are unprecedented times unprecedented times of pandemic, of social and of political unrest, if you would. And so we have spent these last weeks looking at and, and talking about what does it mean to cry out to God for help. And over these last couple of weeks, we've cried out to God in our loneliness, recognizing and realizing that these times of isolation and quarantine have have brought to light, even at a deeper level, the loneliness that so many people suffer and struggle with. Last week we talked about how these times, again, bring to the forefront the confusion, the mixed messages of our day. And today, today I want us to focus on the reality, the, the fact that these long days have caused us to grow oh so tired and oh so weary. Helen Lamell in 1920s wrote these words, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. These are the lines, or some of the first lines to that hymn that we are familiar with, Turn Your Eyes upon Jesus. Again, we've already sung those words today. We've heard those words sung of, of coming to Jesus. Through the centuries, through the years, Christians have discovered and found that they and that we have a God that welcomes us and invites us to come to Him when we struggle with life. But the first step that we must all come to, the first step that we must all realize is that we have a problem. We have to acknowledge that we are hurting. We have to acknowledge that we are tired and weary. I think the Scriptures affirm 
that we are to examine ourselves. We're to, to take those moments of quiet reflection and to, to look deep within and, and search our own hearts, our own minds. The psalmist in Psalm 139 puts it this way, that we should invite the Lord to search and to know our hearts. I don't think because the Lord doesn't know our hearts and our minds, but as a way for us to become more aware. And the psalmist says that we're to ask the Lord to search our hearts so that we might know if there is anything hurtful, hurting, broken within us. Now these acts of self and of divine examination are not about heaping guilt upon us, not about finding condemnation for us, but rather, as the psalmist reminds us, this point of self and divine reflection is the beginning point of us being able to move forward and of the Lord being able to lead us in His everlasting way. So this morning, I don't know about you, but my confession is that I am tired and weary. I need the Lord's help. I'm tired and weary of wearing masks. I'm tired and weary of how this pandemic has impacted and disrupted the life of our church in so many different ways. I am tired and weary of the social unrest around us. I am tired and weary of injustice and lawlessness that we see so often these days in our nation. I'm tired and weary of not just the polarization, but the demonization that characterizes our political and election system and process. I suspect that you're tired and weary of these things as well. What I would call, at least for the sake of this morning, the extraordinary burdens that we all bear. These are not typical of everyday life. But oh, I'm reminded of what I might call the ordinary burdens that we all face. The ordinary burdens of being tired and weary of the financial strain that many of us live under each day. I'm tired and weary the stress and strain that many experience and feel from work each day, or maybe from the lack of work, and the stress and strain that that puts upon you. You're tired and weary of the strained and burdensome relationships that you share with your spouse, your children, your parents, or maybe just a friend, a neighbor, or a coworker. But the stress and strain of those relationships are tiresome and wearisome? Are you tired and weary of caring for that loved one that you know will never get better? And that the best that they can hope for is to fly away to Jesus. But until then, day after day, you're tired and weary of that care that's needed 
and necessary. Some of you are tired and weary of facing the same decisions, the same temptations, the same issues in life over and over and over again. It's like you can't get free of these regular decisions, these regular issues, these ongoing temptations that you face. You see, sometimes it's the ordinary burdens of life that wear us down. It's the ordinary burdens of life that bring us to the point of exhaustion, that bring us to the point of wanting to give up and surrender the battle that we fight, the battle of the lives and relationship that we're invested in. We find ourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, depleted there is no more strength to give and there is no more strength with even which to stand firm i am tired and weary i know my kids are tired and weary of watching my wife and their mother suffer from chemo and radiation many of you can relate to watching a loved one suffer knowing that there's nothing that you can do to alleviate that suffering. And that even though you walk with them, that they have to walk by themselves and suffer by themselves. She's tired and weary. And we're thankful that her radiation treatments are ending in just a few days and that our prayer is she can finally begin that journey of healing but thanks be to God that we are not without hope and we are not without His strength. So turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 40. And we'll read in verses 28 through 31. We've already read this together, but I want you to turn to it in your Bible. I want you to have this passage marked for that time of need that you may be going through even now. J. Gresham Machen wrote of this particular passage of Isaiah chapter 40. He said this, It is quite impossible for prose style ever to attain greater heights than these. This is a beautiful passage. A passage to encourage and strengthen us. It was written by the prophet Isaiah to Judah about their coming captivity in Babylon. And during that captivity in Babylon, they would grow tired and they would grow weary and they would long for the days in which they would be set free from their captivity so that they could return to Jerusalem. And when they were to find themselves in the midst of this dreadful season, Isaiah offers these words of hope, these words of strength for God's people. Do you not know? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, this God, this everlasting God, does not become weary or tired and his understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, 
and vigorous young men stumble badly. Yet those, those who wait for the Lord, they will gain new strength and they will mount up with wings like eagles and they will run and not get tired and they will walk and they will not become weary. First and foremost, Isaiah reminds us that the Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the world and this creator does not become tired and weary like we do. God is with us. Even when we are in our captivity, as the context would say, even when we are at our most tired, our most weary, our most helpless and frustrated, God is with us. You remember the story earlier in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And oh, there was this great showdown between the God of Elijah and the God of these Baal prophets, Baal. And they were to, to call fire down from heaven and the prophets of Baal prepared their altar and began to, to dance and to call out to their God and, and began to cut themselves thinking that that blood sacrifice would, would be a part of their God answering them and they were praying that that God would call down would call down fire. If you remember part of that story, Elijah, he was having a great time. <laughs> hey, call out a little louder. Why? Well, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe your God is taking a nap and you need to wake him up. Isaiah is reminding us today that the everlasting God does not sleep he is present with us do you remember younger generation will remember the energizer buddy bunny an older generation will remember the ever ready bunny those old commercials you'd you'd have a just a, a kind of a random commercial coming on and then here comes the ever ready bunny just kind of begins coming across the screen and the, the narrator would come on and say, and it is still going. <laughs> Nothing outlasts ever-ready batteries. They keep going and going as the bunny would make his way across, and going and going and going. Now we all know that that ever-ready battery is eventually going to grow tired and weary <laughs> and run out of power. Yet that is not the case with our God. Listen again to the scripture. He is the ever ready, the everlasting God. And he does not grow tired and weary. He does not faint. He's not taking ten, a siesta, until he can come and be at our side. But notice the second characteristic about this everlasting God, not only does He never grow tired or weary, but He gives strength and power to those that are tired and weary. Without its batteries, the ever-ready bunny is a tired and weary fellow. In fact, lifeless is the truth of the matter. 
Yet when empowered by His ever-ready batteries, this bunny keeps going and going and going. Church, when we grow tired, when we grow weary, we have a promise from God. And that promise is that He will give us strength and He will give us the power that we need to endure. The everlasting God is the source of our strength that keeps us going and going and going even when we feel like there is no life within us. But here's the catch. It's almost counterintuitive. The strength of the Lord comes to those that wait on the Lord. We, we sang this beautiful chorus, Everlasting God, earlier this morning. Part of the refrain of that is strength will rise. Our strength will rise. It will grow. When or how? As we wait upon the Lord. Again, listen to the Scripture. Those who wait on the Lord, present tense, today, those who now wait on the Lord, they will, future tense, later today, tomorrow, next week, at some point, they will gain new strength and they will soar with wings like eagles and they will run and not get tired and they will walk and not become weary. The Israelites, they were tired and weary. They longed for Jerusalem, but the Lord had told them to wait the everlasting God had promised them that one day, one day they would find the strength and the vigor to return home, to return to Jerusalem. Now on a practical matter, Babylon to Jerusalem was about 700 miles. That's like from here to Atlanta. And, and they weren't going to go to the Babylonian airport and get on a, a plane and fly back to Jerusalem. They were going to have to walk back. They were going to have to walk back. God was going to free them. One day God was going to renew their strength and their energy. And they were going to have to walk back to Jerusalem. So now, let's listen to this. You will run and not get tired. You will walk and not become weary. But first, you must wait upon the Lord. You must wait for His timing. And in the meantime, you must endure, persevere, Keep going and going and going. But church, it is so hard to wait. It's so hard to wait for that COVID test to come back. It's so hard to wait for the chemo and radiation treatments to come to an end. It's so hard to wait and to watch that loved one pass on into eternity. It is so hard to wait for the doctor to finally say you're pregnant. It is so hard to wait for the right relationship to come along when you are so lonely. It is so hard to wait when your prodigal is so far away from home. But still, we must wait. 
But the waiting of the world is characterized by fear and anxiety. The waiting of the Lord is characterized by hope and great anticipation. It's the hope that we experience at Christmas during the Advent season. Oh, how, how desperately we want Christmas Day to arrive. But we know that first we must wait. We, we must wait for those days to pass and we must prepare ourselves. We know that the birth of Messiah, we know that Jesus is going to be born, but we have to wait. But that's a different kind of waiting. It's a waiting with great expectation and great joy that is coming on the horizon. Waiting on the Lord is this kind of different. We are tired and weary today, but we know that Jesus is with us and that He is coming in power and that that will bring great joy in our lives. And so with this kind of expectant waiting, we find strength, we find hope, and we find courage for the tiresome and wearisome days that we do have to go through. So what do we do in the meantime? What do we do while we're waiting? Now, to wait on the Lord does not mean do nothing. We'd go crazy if the Lord said, well, just sit there and wait. No, that's not what the Lord says to us. What the Lord invites us to do is to wait with Him, to wait actively with Him. Think of the best restaurant experience you've ever had. I, I suspect that the food and the atmosphere were only part of what you enjoyed, but that what made that dinner, that meal so special was the waiter or the waitress that made that experience so special, so memorable, so personable. The waiter waits. The waiter waits before, during, and after the meal arrives. To wait upon the Lord implies this kind of service to God and to others. Galatians 6.9 says it this way. We should not grow weary in doing good. For if we will continue to do good in due time, what does in due time mean? In due time means after the waiting, we will reap the harvest. Let me, let me read that again. Do not grow weary in doing good, for as you continue to do good, after the time of waiting passes, you will reap the harvest. Yes, church, we are tired and weary, but we must continue on loving and serving and doing good as we wait for the Lord. Now let's turn over into the New Testament very briefly because Jesus has something significant about this. Jesus is the everlasting God. Let me make that connection for you. In Hebrews, Jesus says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the everlasting God. In Matthew 11, he talks about this struggle that we have with our tiredness, our weariness, our burdensomeness. Matthew 11, I'll begin in verse 28. Come to me. Isn't that incredible? Jesus is inviting us. Come to me, all who are weary 
and all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, the question comes to us, are you tired, weary, heavy laden? Do the burdens you carry overwhelm you and cause you to stumble? As Isaiah referred to these young men. Then listen again to the words of Jesus when he says, come to me. Come to me and find rest. Rest. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Rest. Do you know that you were created for rest? We were created for work. We were created for relationship. We were also created for rest. The reason that so many of us are tired and weary is that we do not know how to rest our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. The Scripture calls this rest Sabbath. It was instituted in creation. God worked six days and He took a Sabbath rest. Not because God needed to rest, but because we need to rest. If you want to find and to grab onto today a very tangible, a very specific and practical way to learn how to wait upon the Lord and how to come to Jesus, then I have two words for you. Practice Sabbath. Practice rest. Set aside a day for you and your family to rest. To find Sabbath. Allow God to teach you how to rest. How to find moments of Sabbath through the day. How to find and carve out moments of rest from the tiredness and the weariness of your life. Allow God to take you to His green pastures and His still waters and find rest. Caregivers, make arrangements to get away for an afternoon, an evening. Workers, use the days of vacation that you have. Find seasons and moments and days of Sabbath and rest. God Place this in the created order so that we might be restored and renewed from our tiredness and our weariness. And then I love what Jesus says next. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. The tired and the weary find rest in Jesus. And in finding rest in Jesus, they learn from him as they place his yoke upon them. Now a yoke is an instrument of work. I believe the yoke that Jesus was talking about may have looked something like this. This is most likely a yoke of, for oxen. Imagine you'd put a couple of oxen in there, you would secure them in there, harness them in there, and you can see the, the hooks there. Those then oxen would be tethered to, um, tethered to a plow, which would also be tethered to the, the farmer, the one that would be plowing the fields. 
And a skilled farmer would take his oxen through his fields and, and churn up and plow his fields so that they could be prepared for a new season of growth and of life. Jesus invites us to live connected, to live yoked together with Him. And isn't it interesting that Jesus says that in this tool, in this yoke of work, that we will find rest. Our souls, our lives will find rest because His yoke is gentle and humble. And also, when we are yoked to Jesus, we learn from Him. A farmer, a farmer would know that in order to teach a young ox how to plow, that you must yoke him with an older, experienced ox. And that ox then would teach the younger ox how to plow. How to follow the commands of the farmer that was leading and guiding them. How to manage the yoke and the plow that they were harnessed to. So when Jesus says, come and learn from me, that is the, the picture that we're offered through this lesson of the yoke. When we are yoked to Jesus, we learn how to say, Father, forgive them. When we are yoked to Jesus, we learn to cast our cares, our anxieties upon Him. When we are yoked to Jesus, we learn to think with the mind of Christ. When we are yoked to Jesus and experience the challenges of our world, we learn to do so with the attitude of Christ. Yoked to Jesus, we learn what it means to love and to serve others. Yoked to Jesus, we find rest. And the truth is, maybe you are tired and weary because you've tried to bear the yoke by yourself. And you have found yourself overstressed, overworked, overspent. Because you have tried to do it all alone. Church, let me remind each of us that there is a Messiah, and you and I are not the Messiah. Instead, hear the Messiah say to you, Come, come and take my yoke upon you and there you will find rest for your soul for your spirit for your mind help lord help i'm so tired and weary lord help me to wait expectantly for you knowing that you will you will help me lord to to wait by practicing sabbath Help me to wait by continuing to do good. Help me to take my yoke, your yoke, upon myself. I close this morning on, with a prayer for the tired and the weary. On Wednesday night, we continue to have our evening prayers at 6 o'clock um, by, by Zoom. My understanding is that each of you receive an email, if you're on our church email, inviting you to that prayer time. This last Wednesday, we closed with this prayer. I'd like to close this time with you, with this prayer. If you would, let's just bow our heads. And if you are tired and weary today, 
maybe this would be a prayer that you would offer to the Lord. Lord, I am tired and weary. How long can this go on? I'm struggling. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I'm drained spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. You invite the weary and the heavy laden to come to You, Lord. So here I am. You promise rest for the soul. So lead me to those green pastures and quiet waters. Renew my hope. Renew my strength. Refresh my mind. Help me to keep my eyes on You so that I can finish the course that is set before me. Lord, I wait for You. I long to soar again on wings like eagles. Amen. This morning, will you turn your eyes upon Jesus? Will you place His yoke upon you? This is the language of salvation. It is the language of surrender. It is the language of lordship. Jesus Christ offers it freely to each of us today. The question that we all must answer is, will we receive? Will we replace it upon ourselves today? Come to me, the Lord invites, and I will give you rest. Rest for your soul and strength. And I will give you the gift of eternal life. As we stand and as we sing, this is the time to make that commitment to the Lord. This is the time to pray by yourself and to say, God, I surrender my life to You. I, I, I come to You. I, I place Your yoke upon me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me to wait upon You. Lord, I desperately need Your strength, Your life, Your presence in me today. As we stand and sing, I pray that this be the commitment or the recommitment that you make before the Lord. Let's stand and sing today.